all of our flesh. And we thank you that we will guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And God, we thank you that we will put away from us a forward mouth, God. We thank you that we will look straight ahead, God, to you, God, to your way of doing and your way of being on tonight, God. For we all have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you on tonight. Thank you that the eyes of our heart is being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory of your inheritance in the saints on tonight. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead. So, Father, we're so grateful on tonight, God, for you shall be glorified through this teaching on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Welcome back to Clem. Seems like we've been out for a while, huh? Let's see what God wants to say on tonight. The last time we were together, we talked about um, the imaginations of the heart. And I pray that we have all gotten something out of dealing with the imagination of the heart. An imagination of the heart is whatever you're thinking about or hearing, you begin to see it from within from within your heart. So when you begin to think on a thing and you don't cast that thing down, then you begin to see it. And as you begin to see it, you begin to act upon it. So anything that we're thinking upon that's not lining up with the word of God, not lining up with what he would have for us to do, we want to get rid of it. We want to cast it down because it would bring images to our mind. Um, I looked at, we looked at Nehemiah 6, verse 5 through 8. And what was happening was Nehemiah had enemies that was coming against him. And um, one of them had um, began to tell lies on Nehemiah, began to say things based on what he believed. And he sent a letter uh, stating what um, he believed that Nehemiah was doing. Nehemiah knew that this was coming from his heart. He was imagining things that were not true. So at that point, Nehemiah was tearing down what was being spoken about him that was not true. So we talked about Nehemiah. Um, and tonight, it was more we went over, went over Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel and how someone had to think about what they were going to do. And they formed an imagination, they formed a picture, then all of them, they came together and they began to act upon what they were thinking about. Um, Genesis 6, 5, we talked about how there were, um, their heart was evil, you know, the imaginations, intention of all human thinking was only evil continually. We went over Jeremiah 17, 9 through 11, 9 through 10. Now tonight, I want to add to it. And I believe this is going to take a little longer. I don't know how long, but I believe it's needed for the body of Christ. Um, I want to talk about a hardened heart. We have went over this on, um, we have went over this. And God is bringing it back in through this teaching because I'm adding some more to it. Because sometimes we don't realize we have a hardened heart. Sometimes we think we're okay when we're really not okay. A hardened heart is being more sensitive to other things than to God. And it's relying on the natural more than the supernatural. That means that 
we relate more to the natural than we do to the supernatural. It represents being callous, stubborn, and prideful. One that continually refuses to trust God when tested and to obey God when ordered. That's a hardened heart. Let me say it again. Being more sensitive to other things than to God. Relating to the natural more than the supernatural or relying on the natural more than the supernatural. Being callous, stubborn, and prideful. One that continually refuses to trust God when tested and to obey God when ordered. That's a hardened heart. We're going to go over this in scripture. And let me give you some symptoms. That's the definition, but I want to break down some symptoms of a hardened heart. You find it more difficult to feel anything in your spiritual life. That means that, you know, you're not feeling um, things when it comes to God. You're not sensing God the way you need to sense God, even though God is there. You're finding it more difficult to feel anything in your spiritual life. That goes back to being more sensitive to other things than to God. Nothing in a worship service moves you. You can be in a worship service and it seems like you're not even being moved. You can just be sitting there just looking at everybody else. Service is not touching you. It's like you just don't want to be a part of it. You think you have heard it all before. Just like when I teach or anybody else teach. You think I already know this, I already heard this, blah, 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 blah. Just move on. You find it harder and harder to find time to read the Bible. It seems like a dry book unto you. There's nothing in it for you. That's a hardened heart. You have less of a desire to talk to God. And, you, and when you do, you feel like it is a one-way conversation. Let me go over this again. You find it more difficult to feel anything in your spiritual life. Nothing in worship service moves you. You think you have heard it all before. You find it harder and harder to find time to read the Bible. It seems like a dry book unto you. There is nothing in it for you. You have less of a desire to talk to God. And when you do, you feel like it is, it is a one-way conversation. That's what a hardened heart is. And it's a lot dealing with the hardened heart. And sometimes we miss it. And the enemy wants us to miss it because he wants us to stay the way that we are. When you find a person that you're hanging around and you see that they're more sensitive to what's going on in the world than they're more sensitive to the word of God. Their heart is hardened. Meaning that if they talk about more of what the world is doing instead of talking about more of what God has done, they're more sensitive to the natural than they are to the supernatural. That's a hardened heart. And a person with a hardened heart, they think they're okay. They're thinking there's nothing wrong with them, but a person that's walking in the spirit they can look at them and tell, you're not in your place. You're not where you need to be with the Lord because their conversation is more worldly than it is spiritual. They talk more of the world than they talk more of the things of God. They're more sensitive to the world than they are to the word of God. They talk more naturally than they do spiritually. Don't get me wrong. You know, we are human and we can have, you know, natural conversations. But if that conversation is more of what the world is doing instead of what the Lord has done or what the Lord is doing, or when you're talking about the Lord and that person is bringing the world in with that, you know their heart is hardened. 
because they're more sensitive to the things of the world than they are the things of God. And they're looking more to the world than they're looking to God. That means they're looking more naturally than they're looking spiritually. And this is why you have division in the body of Christ because a hardened hearted person where their heart is hard, if I'm speaking truth to them, they're looking at it like it's a lie because it's not even touching them because of where they are. They're believing what they want to believe outside of what's being told, outside of the truth. Let's go to um, Hebrews 3.8. In Hebrews 3.8, I'm reading the expanded Bible. Do not be stubborn. Harden your hearts as in the past when you turned against God as in the rebellion, when you tested God in the desert. So here he is saying, don't be, do not be stubborn. A person with a hardened heart is very stubborn. They want to do it their way, regardless if you're telling them how it need to be done. They already made up their mind. This is how I'm going to do it. They're looking dead in your face and acting like they're agreeing with you, not saying nothing because they already made up their mind. This is what I'm going to do. That's a hardened heart. That comes, a hardened heart leads to rebellion because a hardened heart person feel like they know and you don't know. So I'm going to do what I know because I know this is what I need to be doing. That is rebellion. That is stubbornness. That is sin. So it says here, do not be stubborn. Harden your hearts as in the past when you turned against God. And y'all know that when they were in the wilderness, God wanted them to know his way. He wanted them to come out of the natural and know that he was a supernatural God and he was going to provide for them supernaturally outside the natural. But they lived in Egypt so long. You know, Egypt represent the world. So they lived there so long. So when God wanted to show them him, so they'll know him for themselves instead of knowing what they were taught in Egypt. When anything happened, they didn't look to God. They didn't trust God. They turned back to where they were and they began to talk about what they had. That's a hardened heart. Because people with a hardened heart, God can do a miracle, but they'll see that miracle and they're happy for that time for that miracle. But then when something else come up, their heart gets more sensitive to what's, what's in front of them instead of remembering what God has already done. That's a hardened heart. See, when your heart is so open to God, regardless of what's going on in your life, you're going to turn to God. You're going to trust God. You ain't looking to what's happening in the natural. Have you ever talked to a person and they talk about, no, this is what they said, but no, this is what God is saying. But I'm telling you what they're saying. Listen to what I'm saying. This is what the words say. No, this is what they say. Okay, leave them alone. They got to find out the hard way. Because they're not hearing God. Why aren't they hearing God? Because they have been leaning and depending so much on the world that when God even knock on their door, they don't even know it's him. Their heart is hard. Nothing can penetrate that heart because stubbornness is there. Rebellion is there. Do you know you can have a person that's stubborn and rebellion and they can act so nice? But yet they're stubborn and rebellion. They'll look you dead in your face and smile. But they already know, I'm doing what I want to do. But smiling at you. That's a person with a hardened heart. They already made up their mind. You're not going to tell me. So this is what they were doing in their wilderness experience. They were out there in the wilderness. Come on, they come out of Egypt. God brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. 
They knew God bought them out of Egypt. They knew nobody could have bought them out but God. But when they got out there in that wilderness and they saw things coming at them, they began to rebel. They began to be stubborn. They began to cut the food. They act like the leaders didn't know what they were doing. They began to talk against Moses. They began to talk against Aaron. But soon as God had Moses to strike the rock and water come from the... Hallelujah, he's God. Then after they needed something else, they forgot about what God... God done. Come on, it's in the church. Because people's hearts are not right. When your heart is open and pliable for God, you don't forget what God did. I don't care if it was two, three years ago. You cannot forget God. But when you spend more time with worldly people and you spend more time on social media, And you spend more time entertaining things that you should not entertain. God is always knocking. But we're not willing to let him in because we have subjected ourselves to where we've been. And a person that spend time with God and they come to you and they tell you what God is saying and giving you wisdom. You reject them because you're rejecting God. Because you think you okay. Let's look at Mark 4.15. This is the expanded Bible. And it's talking about, we went over this, the different um, um, heart, the different grounds. It says, sometimes the teaching, the word and message falls on the road along the path. This is like people who hear the teaching of God the word, the message, but Satan, Satan quickly comes and takes away the teaching, the word, the message that was planted and sown in them. You know, when you plant and seed, that ground has to be cultivated. It has to be turned over. You have to make sure that that ground is pliable. You got to make sure there's nothing in that ground that will stop that seed from producing what you putting in that ground. But see, this ground wasn't pliable. It was just a road, and they threw the seed on the road, and the road was hard. People would come and trample upon that seed, meaning that that seed was not getting down into that um, ground. That's just how our heart is. A person with a hardened heart, that heart is so hard that when the word come, the word bounces back off so quickly because that person's heart is too sensitive to what they believe or what they heard. They are not accepting the truth. So that's, that's hardened ground right there. Nothing can penetrate through that. Then he go another scripture. Let's look at Mark 8, 14 through 19. Mark eight fourteen through 19. And I pray tonight that all of us in this room recognize where our heart is. We recognize who our heart is for. And we can't look at other things more than we look to God. When you look at other things, when you look at other people more than you look into God, your heart become hardened towards God and you're not hearing God. And the enemy know what card to pull to make you think that's God talking, but it's not. And if you are not sensitive to him and to his way of doing, you accept anything. You will say this is God when it's not God because it make you feel good. Everything that make you feel good ain't God. So you got to be careful with that. Mark 8, 14 through 19. 
It says, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. We know with this that Jesus done a miracle with, you know, the bread. He fed over 4,000 people. So now he's telling them, let's go. We're going to go to the other side. And he charged them saying, take heed. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. So what Jesus was telling them, he said, beware, take heed. Now, this is what they did. Before I get to that reason, I want to talk about this leaven. When Jesus is speaking to us, we have to understand what he's saying. We have to have some revelation. We cannot just read the Bible and give our opinion. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I cannot just read this and stand up here and give you my opinion just to encourage you. I cannot do that. What I have to do is allow the word to speak to me. I have to allow the illumination and the light of the word to penetrate my very being. So when I begin to open my mouth, it comes out like a fire. It comes out like a hammer to break the rocks into pieces or whatever's in your life is going on. It's breaking it into pieces. It's coming out like a two-edged sword. So the more I stay in here, the more light, the more revelation, the more illumination I'm going to get. I cannot just read that verse of scripture and sit and give you my opinion on how I feel about it because I'm not a natural man, a natural woman. I'm a spiritual woman. So I got to come to you out of my spirit, not out of my head. We got too many people coming out of their head because they're not waiting on the word to speak. Y'all, this word is life. This word will speak to you. This word will cut whatever need to be cut up in your life. If you allow it to, if you say, God, woe is me. I'm not talking about Teresa, Sister Deborah, Quan. Lord, it is me. Deal with me because if you don't deal with me, I can't deal with others because I'm going to look at them like it's them when it's me. We don't want to be dealt with. People with hardened hearts, they're stubborn, they're rebellious, they're prideful, and they don't want to be dealt with. Because they think they know. But God's heart ain't hardened. God have a loving heart. He have a heart full of goodness and full of mercy. He have a heart that will humble himself even unto death when he know he ain't done no wrong. Do we have that? When we know we ain't done wrong, can we humble ourselves and say, God, forgive them for they know not what they do or say. That's a person that don't have a hardened heart. So Jesus was telling them to beware. Now look at this. He telling them to beware of the leaven. Let's talk about this leaven. See, you got to understand what Jesus is saying spiritually. He said, beware of this leaven. Back in Egypt, when they was in Egypt, when they was getting ready to come out of there in a hurry, see, they would take bread and they would put yeast in that bread and that bread would rise. That yeast would cause it to rise, right? So leaven, a bread with leaven is, is bread that will rise. It's, it causes dough to rise, but the process takes time. So they didn't have time for that bread to do like it always have done. So they had to leave out with unleavened bread. So God looked at leavened bread as sin. When you see leaven in here, it's dealing with sin. It's dealing with hypocrisy. It's dealing with false doctrine. So what they were 
thinking is Jesus was telling them this. He mentioned leaven. He said, beware of the leaven. He named the Pharisees. He named um, one um, book said the Sadducees. But then he told them he was making it known to them. But see, sometimes when I, when we're more sensitive, see, they were too sensitive to the bread and the natural. So to them, I'm going to get to that part, but let me give you another scripture dealing with this 11. Exodus 12, 39 is what I was saying about how they had to leave quickly and they had to leave with unleavened bread. But in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, this is talking about when the father's son was sleeping with the mother (laughs) and it was fornication going on in the church and the fornication that was going on in the church they were glorying in this like this was they were boasting about it because nobody was doing nothing about it so Paul he was coming into that church to put things in this proper perspective so this is what Paul said in verse 6 he said about the conditions of your church I'm reading Amplified Your boasting is not good. Indeed, it is most unsamely and entirely out of place. Do you not know that just a little leaven will ferment the whole lump of dough? Purge, clean out the old leaven that you may be fresh, new dough. Still uncontaminated as you are, for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with leaven of vice, and malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of purity, nobility, honor, sincerity, and unadulterated truth. So what is God telling us? When our heart is hardened, the reason why it is hardened, because Jesus was bringing truth unto them. They could not hear this truth because they were more sensitive to their bellies in the natural than they were more sensitive to the truth. So Jesus, when he came in and said, beware of the leaven, they looking at it as natural bread. Oh my goodness, you know, they're saying these Pharisees going to give us this bread. But he was talking about the false teaching, the false doctrine. He was talking about the hypocrisy, but they could not receive that. This is why Paul said, if you have someone in the church that's committing fornication and you go into this person and this person will not take heed to what you're saying, then you got to move that person out the church. Why? Because a little fornication in the church is going to yeast. It's going to move forward in the church. So if you don't get rid of it in the church, somebody else going to think it's okay for me to fornicate because the pastor's fornicating. It's okay for me to fornicate because people on Judah's fornicating. That's a lie. But this is what they do. This is what they say. So it runs wild in the church. A little leaven does what? Leavens the whole lump. If you have one gossiper in here and you don't shut that gossiper up, You're going to have many gossipers in here. See, that's why God said, root up, tear down, build back up and plant. But you got to root it up first. See, that's why some people don't like me because I call it just like it is. It don't make me no difference if you're mad at me. I want you to understand what's in your life and what need to be dealt with because we don't want it to run rapidly in this church. Why is God putting all of this teaching in the church? He's making you aware. He's saying beware of leaven. He's telling you to beware of sin. 
Beware of false teaching. Beware of false doctrine. Beware of hypocrisy. Beware of these things. They couldn't catch it. Why couldn't they catch it? They was too sensitive to thinking we're going to be hungry. They was too sensitive to the natural instead of being more sensitive to the supernatural. This is why you cannot have a conversation with someone that's so full of strife, that's so full of envy, that's so full of resentment, that's so full of anger, that's so full of stubbornness, that's so full of pride. Because when you come into them and you just asking them a simple question, they blow up at you because they feel like you're trying to get in their business. They don't want to deal with it. And then when you give them the word, the word ain't penetrating because they're thinking there's nothing wrong with me. Because they've been so sensitive to these things for so long, they're thinking that they're okay. They're thinking they're okay. So this is why a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You got to get rid of it. You can't let it sit amongst you. Why do I tell Miracle Temple at all times? If you got a fault, an alt... Against somebody. If you don't get rid of that leaven. It's going to invite more leaven in your life. Because you don't open the door. It's going to be begin to spread like cancer. If you don't open your mouth and go to that person. And get an understanding of what they did or did not say. You're going to begin to have imaginations. Because of your thinking. That they didn't say. You're going to be able to see them. You're going to see them in a different light. And that is not how it is. That's why you need to ask that person. Did I do something? Did I say something to offend you? If I did, I'm so sorry. But could you tell me what I I did or did not do? Or you can go to that person. It could be me. I just need to know. Have I done something to you? And if that person tell you, no, no, no. You ain't done nothing to me. You've done what you're supposed to do. You don't have to keep going back and begging that person. Now, say if Miss Deborah went to Teresa and said, Teresa, did I say something to offend you? I just feel like something is off with us. And Teresa said, no, 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 you didn't, you didn't do anything. But later on, Miss Deborah's still feeling stuff off of Teresa. She said, wait a minute. Now, I know she said I ain't do nothing, but she just ain't acting the same. Something is just not right. So Miss Deborah said, Lord, how should I handle this? How should I go in? I went to her the first time, but it seemed like this is just not right. See, you can pray the second time. <laughs> but don't sit up there and go pray the first time and then went to that person. So if the Holy Spirit said, go back and ask her, did you offend, did you offend her about what she had on? So Miss Deborah go back and say, Teresa. Let me ask you something. Did I offend you because of what I said about what you had on? Well, I'm glad the Lord showed it to you. After she told her, she didn't. But the Holy Spirit revealed it to her. So now she went back and Teresa said, well, I'm glad he showed it to you. That's just not right. That's not right. Because we're supposed to do what the word of God tell us to do. Because in that little gap in between, it's bringing strife in and it's bringing every evil work. If Miss Deborah didn't have a prayer life, she would still be in her house thinking, 
What in the world is wrong with her? Jennifer, what in the world is wrong with Teresa? I done went to her one time. I ain't going to her again. She can act stupid all she want. Girl, what did she do? Let me tell you what she said. So now Jennifer is looking at her wrongly. Because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. So see, our heart can become so sensitive to strife, so sensitive to offense, that we don't see or hear the truth when it's coming. Because we don't want to open our mouth. Y'all, it angers me spiritually on the inside when I see people. And somebody asks you, oh, I hear you. I heard that in my ear. Well, sometime, Pastor, it's just not the time to tell them. When is it the time when Jesus come? It's just not the appropriate time. You don't know if that person is going to be here today or gone tomorrow. And when you stand before God, he don't want to hear it just wasn't the appropriate time. Every day, we got to give account. Every day, to every idle word. To everything we said or we did not say, we got to give account to God. We say we so spiritual, right? If we're so spiritual, why aren't we doing what the word of God tells us to do? If we're spending time with God, that's what angers me. We say we spend time with God, but we can't go to our brother or sister. The problem is, friends, I got to have them friends. You rather have friends than to have rather to please God. You got to get to a point that you have to be bold enough. To go to a person and speak truth and love instead of waiting two or three weeks and then going to ask the person, can I ask you something? I've been praying on it. You got a problem with me, huh? What are you talking about? Now you're trying to act like you got amnesia. You remember? Remember what? Now that person getting angry. What are you talking about? See, the enemy knows. The longer you wait... The bigger the fire. He knows that. That's why if the Holy Spirit checked you. And maybe he don't check them. He's checking you. I'll say, Miss Deborah, I shouldn't have said that the way I said that. That come out wrong. Forgive me for that. What are you talking about, Apostle? This is what I said, and I shouldn't have said it like that. Let me rephrase it. She may not have caught it. But the Holy Spirit is warning me that the enemy is going to come in later and have her to think on one of her bad days. I can't believe what Apostle asked me. Years ago, it was way years ago, I had went to the source. Somebody had come to me and I said, I'm going to the source. Because that's how you find out. You go to the source. So when I went to the source, I went nicely. And I said, I need to talk to you about something because this is what's going around. But I'm coming to you because I don't need to go nowhere else. They said, no, 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 no. That, that ain't, mm-mm. I said, okay, fine. That's fine. Da-da-da-da, nipped it in the bud. Can somebody say maybe a week later? Why you ask me that? Yep. I can't believe you would ask me something like that. 
Why wouldn't I? Do I need to ask somebody else or do I need to come to you? The devil came in between us. Because see, they were acting like they were okay. But they were not. See, we have to be very careful what we say and how we say it. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us. So those disciples walked with Jesus. They were followers of Jesus. But when Jesus gave them something spiritual, they began to look at it naturally instead of looking at it spiritually. So then the next thing that happened with this was, let me go back here. I don't want to miss none of this. And when Jesus knew it, women, and they reasoned amongst themselves, a hardened heart will cause you to reason. Let me tell you what reasoning is. When we reason to bring together different reasons, to reckon up the reasons, let's stop, let me go back, to bring together different reasons. Haven't we done it, honey? Well, honey, what 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 you think made them do something like that? Man, what you asking me for? You right, you right. How would he know if I didn't know? Don't we do it? Here go the next thing. To reckon up the reason. Well, honey, maybe they not home. Manda, won't you go over there and ask? Why don't you do it for me? <laughs> then both of us be satisfied. <laughs> Come on, I'm being honest. You begin to Wrecking up different reasons. You come to different conclusions and all of a sudden you done had an imagination and you all in their house thinking they doing this and they ain't doing nothing. Right? To reason, resolve in one's mind, deliberate. How many of us reason? Come on, how many of us take a thought and then we reason out that thought? Because of something somebody said. Somebody asked you something on a bad day. You reasoning in your mind. Why they ask me that? Why would they ask me about me and my husband? They ain't never asked about me and my husband before. So why they asking about me and my husband now? Why they all up in my house? They need to stay up in their house. Why apostle asked about my husband? Right, she's saying something to the devil. She ain't never asked about my husband. She's seeing him do it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. She done saw him do something. He ain't got no business. She should have just went on and told me. She didn't have to do it. I speculated that anyway. Then when Monica come to me, awesome. Why you ask about my husband? Well, I just asked. That's all. I just wanted to see how he was doing. Are you sure? You ain't never asked about him before. And it goes into a long, drawn-out conversation. Did God tell you something about him? You seeing something that I need to know about? No? So then the devil get hold of Monica again. Monica lay down and she see a big dream of something that ain't even happening. And then she tell her husband, you know, good rascal. Y'all know this is a skit. 
No wonder Apostle asked about you. Yes, she asked about you. You know she be seeing stuff. What you doing? <laughs> Devil is a lie. See how reasoning does? See how we speculate, we come up with our own conclusion. We draw a conclusion from that. This is what these disciples was doing because Jesus was asking them something spiritually and they were looking at it naturally. So Jesus was saying, why do you reason? And they reason amongst themselves saying, look what they were saying. This is what they come up with. It is because we have no bread. (laughs) Jesus told them beware of false teaching. He told them beware of the hypocrisy. Now they're saying it's because we, that's what they come up with. We ain't got no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, why reason ye? And I'm going to stop right there. We're stopping at reason tonight because there's more yet to come. I want you to let all of this that you got tonight, dealing with a hardened heart, marinate. And I want every single person in this place to ask God, is my heart hardened? Have my heart become hardened towards the ministry? Ask yourself that. Have my heart become hardened to the people, some people in the ministry? Have my heart become hardened to my household? Have my heart become hardened to my job? Is my heart hard, God, period? Come on, let's ask ourselves tonight. Deliverance is in the house. Because there's some hardened hearts up in here. Yes, it is. You can say it ain't, but it is. Because God is not going to bring anything in this house that's not showing up in this house. And some people come up with their own conclusion. Well, I believe she's teaching on this because you think whatever you want to think is in the house. God gave you the symptoms. He even gave you the definition. You know how when you go to a doctor, you got to give him some symptoms to, for him to tell you what's wrong with you, right? So God just gave you some stuff. So it's time for us to say, God, I want my heart to be pliable to you. God, I don't want things contaminating my heart. I don't want things to be put ahead of you because when they get put ahead of you, I cannot hear you the way I need to hear you. I'm not sensible to you. I'm more sensible to the things of the world. God, I I always take offense. Wise people taking offense, hardened heart. Wise people always in strife, hardened heart. Because they imagine in vain things. Because of the things that you watch, the things that you entertain, the things that you hear. Because you ain't guarding your eye gate, your ear gate, your mouth gate. You're not guarding these things. So guess what? You open pray for the enemy. Come on, watch that tube. 24-7. You watch that TV for one night all night. See how sensible you are to God the next morning. See. Put God off for a day. And see when you pick him back up. You keep putting him off. You keep putting him off. That's why people don't show up in church. But they can show up everywhere else. Because they're more sensible to everywhere else than they are to the church. Because that's what they done put first. That's where you are. Come on, we. this is what this ministry do. Root up and tear down. Where do you go first? Who do you talk to first? Do you turn him on or you turn the TV on? 
What are you more sensible to? When you hear bad news, where do you go first? To the throne or the phone? Who do you seek first? Do you seek ye the kingdom? Seeking the kingdom first and his way of doing? And all of these things can be added to you? Or are you seeking a way out yourself? When somebody hurts you, who are you talking to? You talking to God about it? Or are you talking to somebody else about it? Anything or anybody you're more sensitive to than you are God, that's where your heart is. We let go of him and we pick up other things. Because we think those things are more important. So we need to check ourselves and say, God is my heart hardened. And we will continue next week. Does anyone have anything to say on the hardened heart? That will help somebody out. Anyone? That have helped you out. Anyone? Wow. Come on, Jennifer Porter. You got to get the mic so they can hear you. At work, we're going through some situations. And it's like, and, and t- even today I was dwelling on I said, okay, God, how do I go to this person and say to them, because they have a very sharp tongue. And I don't think that it's anything personal. I think it's just their way. But they have, it's created a lot of chaos in the place. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, in the, I'm not a part of it, but I'm, you know how when you end something, if, if Jamie and Denise are having an argument and I'm standing right here, even if I'm not a part of it, it's coming through me, it's passing through me, it's affecting me. And what you supposed to do? I'm, I got to say, God, how do I bring peace to this situation? There you go. There you go. And you're going to bring it get out or you're going to help them too. You're going to bring it through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he will show you. He'll show you. But if we never go to him and we never ask him because we think we're okay, that's the problem. And I know I'm not okay with it because I've mm-hmm. been even like, all right, is there, is there another department I can move into into this place? It's for real. It don't matter where you go, it will follow you. That's why we have to be spiritually walking in the spirit more than we walking in the flesh. Please, I, somebody need to hear this. Quit leaving jobs because you can't deal with the job you own. Do not leave before your time. Because God is trying to deal with you with that wilderness experience to build you up in him and learn, show you how to handle it. You can't just pick up and leave every time something go on because it's not Burger King, y'all. Everybody don't work at Burger King, have it your way. We have to go through this so we'll learn how to deal with it God way so people will come to God instead of running from God. We're supposed to show his characteristics. We're supposed to show his love even in the midst of the battle. Not running from a job because somebody got a raise and I didn't. And who takes care of you? Anybody else got something? Everybody else just sitting there. Don't want to say nothing. 
I'm going to be honest. Jennifer, if you were in a room by yourself, you would find something wrong. There you go. That's when we be fussing with self. Nobody in the room but you. (laughs) No one has anything to deal, to say on the heart and heart. Wow. Okay. Everybody's good. Okay. Do we have an announcement before we dismiss? Jennifer? I just enjoyed Sunday so much. It was a blessing.